All right, Mickey here with an advert for BetterHelp Therapy Online. You all right? Such a small question and sometimes such a big question too, eh? Now, regular listeners will know I am no stranger to depression and while over time and with the help of some decent counselling and brilliant friends and family, I've established a toolkit to help when the constantly dripping tap of life gets a bit too much. That does not mean I am a stress-free human rainbow skipping through meadows. I mean, who is? We all carry around different stresses, big and small, and sometimes we can deal, and sometimes it's much harder to cope. Life, innit? Right now, I have a teenage puppy to deal with, and although I love her very, very much, she can be a lot. There, said it. And as quick a fix as it seems to say, I'm fine, I'm fine, and push it all down into the big inside box and put that lid on. For me, that hasn't been a great long-term solution in that if I don't get it off my chest, it will at some point come bubbling up and it's never been one to pick its moments in a good way. I find talking means I can avoid it exploding out of me like a messy emotional volcano all over my nana's carpet. Also, during my various times in talk therapy, I discovered that saying something out loud or writing it down can make it seem much more manageable than allowing it to swirl around and grow ever bigger in my head. If you're thinking of starting therapy, Give BetterHelp a try. I've found knowing how to reach out is sometimes the toughest bit, but BetterHelp is entirely online. Boom. Which means it couldn't be easier. You just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a registered therapist, then work your sessions around your schedule. With more than a thousand therapists in the UK already, BetterHelp can provide access to mental health professionals with a wide variety of expertise in mental health. Standard issue listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash standard. That's betterhelp.com slash standard. Standard issue for all women. Hello and welcome to this week's Sunday Chops. So, as you may have heard, a new musical, Come From Away, has just opened in the West End and is getting some ecstatic reviews. And rightly so, I absolutely loved it. If you've not seen any of the publicity, you may need a bit of background. On September the 11th, 2001, when the US closed its airspace, 38 inbound planes that had crossed the point of no return, i.e. they did not have enough fuel to go back, were all rerouted to an airport in Newfoundland, Canada, where their 7,000 passengers were essentially taken in by the residents of the small town of Gander for the best part of a week. At a recent press day, I managed to grab 15 minutes with Irene Sankoff, one of the co-creators of the musical, to talk about this incredible true story. I hope you enjoy it. Oh, hey, Birmingham. Get you looking all capital of the Midlands. And we will be in you on March the 24th for a cracking event at the Town Hall as part of Podfest Birmingham, where we're joined by Jess Phillips MP, Beverly Knight and the boss, Sarah Millican. More info and indeed tickets can be found at sarahmillican.co.uk forward slash standard hyphen issue. But you better be sharpish as they are selling damn fast. 
Hi, I am here with Irene Sankoff, co-creator of the amazing new musical Come From Away. I'm not saying amazing in a PR way there. I took my nephew to see this on Friday. They were his exact words. Oh, when it wow. ended, he went, well, that was amazing. <laughs> thank so, you. So thank you. So September the 11th, 2001, a friend of mine got on a plane at Heathrow Airport 30 hours later got off a plane at Gander Airport. Oh my gosh. It's singularly the best story I've ever heard. Every time I see him, I'm like, let's talk about that again. And I've been waiting for years for someone <laughs> to do a film, a play, something about this. So thank you. <laughs> my pleasure. such an amazing story. When did it first come to your attention? So my husband and I were living in Manhattan, actually, on September 11th. And David's cousin was in the towers, but fortunately got out. And we were living in a residence with 700 people from 110 different countries. So in a way, the, our experience of being with people from around the world trying to process what was happening together and look after one another was similar, although on the island of Manhattan, to what was happening on the island of Newfoundland. And at the time, I think we were told, you know, that planes had been accepted in Canada, but we, we didn't think of it much more than that, you know, because we were preoccupied with what was happening yeah. immediately in the vicinity. And then nearly 10 years afterward, we are back living in Toronto. We had just met a gentleman named Michael Rubinoff, and he said, you know what happened in Gander over September 11th? And again, we started, uh, not think, I think maybe not really, and then we rabbit holed on it. And we just fell in love with the stories. And he said to us, well, I'm looking for someone to write a musical about it for something I'm starting called the Canadian Music Theatre Project. And not knowing that five other writing teams had turned him down at the time, we took him up on it and just absolutely fell in love with the stories and found out that there was going to be a commemoration ceremony coming up that September for the 10th anniversary. We applied to the Canadian government for a grant, and we, we got it. And then all of a sudden we found ourselves out in Gander, uh, introducing ourselves to many of the people you hear in the background of this room. There's no two ways about it. It's just an incredible story. All human life and animal life, in fact, is here. How many people did you actually interview about their experiences on this day? I have to say it is impossible to tell because we started talking to the flight attendants on the plane. We started talking to the woman at the check-in desk. At all of the events, we spoke to anybody who we could. And sometimes we'd be uh, we'd be listening in to people in the Tim Hortons or uh, in line for the washroom. And, and uh, some of those things that we heard there made their way into the story as well. So, so we were just constantly working. We were constantly on the lookout for, for how to represent this, this story effectively. You've also got in the middle of all of this, Beverly Bass, first female captain for American Airlines, first person to lead an all-female crew. She's a really interesting character on her own, isn't she? Yes, she is. And as we were interviewing her on the morning of September 11th, 2011, before she was going to be at the ecumenical service, we could have written Beverly Bass the musical. I think, you know, she sat down with us not knowing what we wanted. And then, you know, two and a half hours later was like, uh, what is it that you're doing? And we're like, we're writing a play. Anyway, so then you did this. What did you do next? You went to college and you were the only one that, you know, you, you would rarely see somebody else in the same uniform as you. So it was, yeah, she was wonderful. Was it difficult to crystallize all of these stories? into a cohesive narrative I mean you clearly have done it but how many people have you sort of melded into similar characters or how many people are exactly as you met them 
Well, uh, let's see. Uh, even Captain Bass, there's a moment in the show near the end, which I don't want to give it away, where she has to take command of the people on her flight. That actually did not happen to her. That happened to another captain. We gave ourselves permission, because it wasn't a documentary, to amalgamate characters and amalgamate events, but we wanted them to be based on something truthful that had actually happened. And in some cases, happened to many different people in many different places in many different ways, and just we just grabbed them and put them in the best storytelling way we knew how. And we also had the luxury of thinking that only Canadian high schools would ever do this show because it's Canadian and there's lots of characters. And then we didn't have to follow the forms of musical theater. We just let the stories tell themselves the best way they could. From what what I know of my friend's experience, I saw some of that on the stage. So uh, in the, they knew quite early what had happened because they had a Canadian on the plane, which meant that their mobile phone worked. And so they knew quite early. I think other people didn't learn till much later. But they also got absolutely hammered on the mini drinks, which does actually happen in, in, in the musical. When I think about what happened, I think of all my friends, Simon was the right person for it to happen to because he's very placid. He never gets annoyed by things and he laughs at absolutely everything. And what struck me about Come From Away was how funny it is. Was it difficult to balance that line between some real tragic things that happen in it and a rip-roaring comedy, which it also is at the same time? You know, we this is going to sound strange, but we didn't really know it was funny because these are all true stories. And, and we found them, you know, amusing and amazing. And then we found ourselves very early on with a, with a student group performing at, at, in Connecticut, which is quite near Manhattan. We found ourselves... In a, in a theater, watching these students perform it with New Yorkers in the audience, and they were laughing so hard, and we were just ducking in our seats going, I, I, we didn't mean it to be necessarily a comedy. It's, it's based on truth, and yes, the Newfoundlanders will see that you're you know, about to well up or get really upset about something, and they'll just, they'll just cut you under with a joke and make you lighten up. So they're... It's all based on truth, is what I'm trying to say, you know, and that's what saved us, I think. It's like, did this actually happen? Is it funny? And it goes. Yeah. Yeah. There is also some, uh, some, I say some desperately sad things that happen in it. Were people keen to talk about their personal experiences? You know, they were. And I think people self-selected a lot. You know, people who were ready to talk and who wanted the stories told in this manner really were very, very open with us and, and, and open in a way, not only in sharing our story, their stories, but like opening their homes. Like, and I'm speaking specifically now of Hannah O'Rourke, whose home we've been to a couple of times. Uh, her son was a firefighter down at Ground Zero. We know her entire family and her extended family, and our daughter has played with Kevin O'Rourke, the, the firefighter's grandchildren. You know, it's... Yeah, they have been. They've been very open. Yeah. I noticed as well, you you don't feel the need to sugarcoat this. There are some things in it that, you know, we all like to believe that in times of crisis, we'd all be understanding, we'd all be sympathetic, we wouldn't all be thinking about us, you know, that we wouldn't all automatically turn around and be racist, for example. But that actually does happen in the income from away there are incidents did you feel the need to show that stuff that it wasn't all happy yes absolutely because the world changed that day and i think especially after a young muslim woman in uh, washington dc 
came up to one of the actors, actually the actor who was playing Ali, who's a Muslim character, and said to him, you know, my parents, they did such a good job of making me think that this was normal, that we got pulled out of line every time we went to the airport. And they they protected me so well, and I had, I had no idea. And I think it is really useful to look back and say, you know, there are radicalized individuals. It's not an entire an entire group of people. Yeah. Newfoundland itself is a character in, in this, probably, I suppose, the best character in this because it, it infiltrates the entire story. I mean, this has become an international show. Were there elements of it that you thought people just won't get this if they don't get Newfoundland? We had no idea. We didn't know. All, all we wanted to do was make sure that we captured what happened and captured the people as we saw them as best as we could and put them on the stage and and see if it if it translated and uh and so far oh my gosh we've been all over the states we've been in canada we've been to dublin we've shown little bits in australia now we're here in london so far so far so good I mean, I I remember I even had a thought. I was like, oh, I absolutely love this story and I want to write this. It'll never be shown outside of Canada. Like, I remember thinking that. And wow, was I wrong. So don't come to me for predictions of anything. (laughs) Well, I mean, it's good news. It is good news, isn't it? It's on a day that was absolutely horrific. Something wonderful happened. Uh, It's interesting. There's not a lot of sort of footage or archival like news coverage or anything of course because something else was was happening in the world the reporter who is on her first day of the job that is true is it yes so uh janice gowdy is actually her name she was on her first day with the gander beacon and that character is amalgamated with a gentleman named brian mosher who was on rogers tv constantly pretty much for for five days we've looked at his footage as he slowly dishevels um (laughs) Yeah, they're they're both just lovely live wire people. Who uh, Janice was like, oh my gosh, twenty one or twenty two, and she she was really shaken up coming from a very small town, landing in what was to her the big town of Gander, and then suddenly there's thirty eight jets from around the world. As a journalist for twenty odd years, I can't imagine how I dealt with that on my first day of work. And there's also there is a kind of element of it's something that's exciting. But also it's happened because of this terrible thing that has happened. It hangs in the background of this September the 11th. It's, it's not about September the 11th, but I suppose everything that's happened since September the 11th has sort of in some way been about September the 11th, hasn't it? Yeah, we, we did not want to tell a September 11th story. It, you know, most of us have very, very clear memories of that day. Most of us have had the images shown to us many, many times. And even if you weren't born that day, you've certainly experienced tragedy and need and watched as people came to other people's aids. So you could, even if you don't know what happened that day specifically because you weren't alive, I mean, our daughter, for instance, we still she still doesn't know why people didn't have a place to stay. But she's seen the show many, many times, and she's only five, and she she still gets it. You know, she still gets there were people they needed help, and that's what that's what they did. Like, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I took my nephew to see it. He's twelve, and I was talking about it with my brother afterwards, and we were like, "It's so strange. This is history to him, and it still seems so recent to the to the rest of us." Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Where is the time gone? Can I ask you what the latest is with the film version of this? 
I wish I, I wish I knew. I, we've turned in a screenplay. Uh, we're, we're, there's a lot of worry, hurry up and wait in Hollywood. I'm learning, um, and we're, we're we're just hopeful that it moves forward. I mean, nothing's nothing's done until it's done and it's up there on the screen. So we're just crossing our fingers that it goes ahead and that everything goes as we as we want it to to honor these stories the best way we can. I can't speak for the rest of the world um, because I'm not an expert on musical theatre, to be honest, but. There does seem to be the most interesting sort of revival of musical theatre in the UK at the moment. I think for a long while there seemed to be a lot of things that were like those jukebox ones that were based on bands or there were adaptations of Disney stuff. And suddenly there's Hamilton, there's Come From Away. Do you feel like you're part of something? Absolutely. I mean, uh, while we did our year, uh, our first year in New York, there was something like I don't, I don't, I'm going to get the number wrong, but there was really a lot of brand new musicals on Broadway, not based on any former material, and it was just electrifying. And you know, we would walk down the street and we'd be high fiving people whose show was across from us, and it, it was just lovely. And I think you were get, starting to hear from different storytellers too, not the, not the traditional you know two male or three male white all white team that you usually and and happily have heard from for all these years I I think there there are more opportunities coming up I mean waitress is coming here it's got an all-female team creative team no I got to meet Sarah Bareilles recently and and it was it was just wonderful to talk to a fellow female co-creator because it doesn't happen all the time you have gender, not gender blind, you have colorblind casting in, in your show. Was that something that was important to you? Absolutely, because we were representing the world and everyone needed to play everybody else. You know, and aside from the vocal lines, which would, which would really change the way it sounds, you know, I would love to be have, have gender blind casting as well. It's just, it, it's just the music. We, we would have, every time someone would go on in a different role, we'd have to rewrite the entire score and uh, and the accompaniment. So I, I, we're not quite there yet for our show, but who knows? Yeah, I mean, it has some absolutely banging tunes. I have to say. Can I ask you what has the impact of this been on Gander? Are they are they getting a lot of visitors? Is it now on the tourist trail? Yeah, their tourism went up, I think, something like 40% in recent history. Yeah, it's it's large. It's huge. I mean, I remember the first time I got off the plane in Gander 2011, you know, just, just you know, wandering off and being, you know, just like one of a couple people on this little tin can with wings. And then we went back a couple years ago and our little tin can with wings, every seat was filled. And then we got off the at the airport and people were taking pictures of the gander sign and then i thought they were taking pictures of us and i was like what's happened so yeah it's 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 still hard to get to but uh but people are going thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me it's been really interesting thank you so much it's a pleasure Standard issue for all women.